this film should be worth the 26% on Rotten Tomatoes, but instead it's actually pretty rad, and I had an amazingly fun time, and I had no idea this thing that you say about them originally planning six films, but at this point, I'm at least on board for like 1.5 more of these. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spore the Warning podcast. This is review number 454 with a review of King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. I am Christopher Schnazy. I am Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spore the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we are talking about the new Guy Ritchie film, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, and... Uh, my question for you this week, Carson, is uh, it's, it's going to be about word of mouth of a film because this film unexpectedly has like everyone knows of its existence and everybody knows that it's supposedly a horrible film. And it, it's, it's weird that a film of this type would be so mainstreamly being talked about it being horrible. And it's like I don't know anybody who knows really like I don't know where that word of mouth is coming from considering, like, nobody had seen it and everybody had seen, like, a single trailer. And I feel like like when The Circle came out, there were just tons of articles online that were like, yes, The Circle is that bad. The best part of The Circle is two seconds long and The Circle is a terrible movie. And there was just article after article about how bad the film was and how it didn't get what it was trying to do. But I feel like I have seen two headlines for this film at all and they're both at least mildly positive so my question to you is do you know anybody who heard anything good about this film and if not where does everybody why is everybody so concerned with this new guy richie film and uh like it seems like a king arthur film like sort of appeals to a very limited window of people and then like most people would just be like oh whatever they're making another king arthur movie um, but for some reason, people seem to like be overly excited about how bad they think this is. Um, yeah, there seems to be a lot of people uh, who have decided to. Uh, well, it has like what, like a twenty-seven percent or something. I yeah. haven't checked it recently. Yeah, but it's, it's about twenty-six low. or twenty-seven. Yeah, it's basically this year's Batman v Superman, uh, another Warner Brothers property that people decided to really shit on. Um, I guess, but, uh, but, but, but at least like Batman V Superman was supposed to be a, like the studio was like banking on that doing super well. And it's supposed to be like, you know, DC's answer to the Marvel universe. And I feel like people, a lot more people were probably already going to see that film. So there was a lot of reason to talk about how good or bad it was, but King Arthur well, yeah. seems like a side thing. Yeah, this is, I mean, there's been a lot of, I mean, the the three major film sites, uh, Deadline, Hollywood Reporter, and Variety, like, they all ran articles throughout the weekend just eviscerating this, or, you know, constantly talking about how big of a failure and how big of a flop it was. Um, Like, Deadline really had it out for this movie like i don't know who at warner brothers pissed them off but um they really just like they're being very very snarky like on the friday box office report talking about how like yeah we sent one of our guys out to you know regal cinemas you know wherever and there was only 12 people at the at the 6:30 show or what and you know and like the the only person who liked it or who recommended it was the teenager who was the usher ripping tickets like they're being very <laughs> snide about this fucking movie yeah and um and i mean i i feel like they didn't need to be that snarky about it cuz i feel like Warner Brothers already knew like this wasn't going to be some huge success because like, I mean, I, I, I'll probably talk about it more. Like, I don't understand like why exactly they thought, you know, they should spend 175 million on a new King Arthur movie. Like, (laughs) uh, I mean, I guess it sounded good at the time. Like I remember when they announced this movie, the, the writer who pitched it, he had like a whole fucking like movie Bible that, 
had this story spanning like six movies, like a six, <laughs> like a six movie arc. And this Warner Brothers was swinging for the fences. Apparently. Oh, he big time, big time. Like, like Warner Brothers, like, oh yeah, we're down with that. Like they like acting like this was you know gonna be uh, fucking episodic or something. Like, I, I mean, I I understand like the whole you know fantasy medieval stuff is obviously hot right now because of Game of Thrones and everything. But like it, like anything that's popular, you know, you can't just copy it or just add in medieval fantasy elements and think okay well it's gonna be a success like um but i feel like that was probably the main reason why was game of thrones is popular yeah Um, they they did have a number of game of thrones people in it yeah like of course you know Littlefinger has to show up in this movie um (laughs) yeah like i mean i i feel like that was the the main thrust for for green lighting this movie um i i don't like it seems absurd even then before the movie was even like shot that six movies is a pretty lofty goal. Like that is uh like, and again, I mean, that's just kind of, that's just kind of going into the whole like franchise thinking these days of like, you know, they kind of go into these big studio blockbusters thinking like, well, we're, this is going to be a new franchise and we're going to make, you know, multiple movies instead of trying to just focus on the first movie being successful and then going from there. Yeah. Um, but maybe, it's weird. Maybe they were trying to take the community route and do six seasons in a movie, but the person at the studio heard it wrong. They're like, six <laughs> movies, I'm in. I, I don't even know. Like, like I said, six movies, that is a, that's, that's a high bar that they were setting. Yeah. Um, but also, it's like King Arthur, I feel like, is a property that is just it's kind of a, a niche property. Like it's, I feel like it only appeals, like you said, it appeals to like only a certain amount of people. And I even like, I looked up, uh, I looked up the other day, like the, the last King Arthur movie that we got, the Clive Owen one, like that one didn't, wasn't really that much of a success either. I think it topped out at like 60 something million or something. Yeah. Um, it, it opened, it opened to pretty much the same money that, that this one did. Like, and then, you know, it feels like every decade we get like a new iteration of King Arthur cause they think, well, you know, we'll, we'll go back and try and do something again with this. But, uh, Basically, I don't know, the, like it the, never, they need to make up for the money they're spending storing all these round tables in these storage lockers <laughs> in Hollywood. There's like, shit, let's make but another it, King Arthur movie and justify this expense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, I guess it's kind of like a Robin Hood, you know, like they keep going back to that well when that's clearly like so dried up, like a, like there's another Robin Hood movie coming like next year. And it's like, um, is, is that I, like, is that still going to be the one that's like set in modern time? No, no. I mean, there's a there's a whole shitload in development, I think, purely because these movies are like public domain. So it's like, oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, the the one that's coming out is like a uh, Taron Edgerton you know, from Kingsman is in it, and Jamie Foxx is in it. It's, like, supposed to be another gritty, like, gritty bro take on fucking <laughs> Robin Hood. It's, like, whatever, dude. Like, if Who's Ridley, directing? If, is it Michael Mann? <laughs> no, like, it's, I think it's some TV director, British TV director, um, making his debut. Um, but, I mean, if Ridley Scott couldn't get it right with Russell Crowe, like, I don't know who else, you know, yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Like, and, and I mean... I, I don't know. Like it just th- these properties seem kind of just like so worn out, um, and it's funny how they keep going back. It'll be interesting to see like if next in another ten years or whatever, if they try and do a, a new King Arthur. I don't know, but it just seems like people don't really respond to it every time that they come out with a new one. Yeah. Well, I don't uh... know. What, what do you say, Carson? We respond to this movie that did come out. Yes. And uh, let's take a listen to the trailer for King Arthur and then come back and give all these folks listening a review. Hell, King Morrigan! Why is the water dropped? There are rumors. The legend of the sword of a king other than yourself. Find him. I know your story. What kind of a man would you become 
Had you inherited your father's kingdom instead of being raised in a brothel? What gave you such drive? So that was the trailer for King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, which is the story of a young man who uh, apparently has some sort of bloodline relation to somebody who has wielded Excalibur, this Mm. uh, super awesome sword with some super awesome crazy powers, and uh, grew up in the streets, Aladdin style, and then suddenly finds out that he's destined to wield the sword and he has to potentially learn how to wield it to try to take down the bad guy who's ruling over the kingdom. You know, as one does in your classic uh, old night tale type things. (laughs) Carson Patrick, what did you think of King Arthur, Legend of the Sword? I mean, I don't think I've met a Guy Ritchie movie that I haven't enjoyed. Um, (laughs) Well, swept away... uh, excluded but i don't think that counts as i don't think guy Ritchie even counts that as a as his own movie but uh one of his own movies <laughs> he made but, that under duress <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but uh I, I mean i definitely tell you i definitely see why this movie has a, a shit ass rotten tomato score that's for sure <laughs> um this shit man like i don't even know like i said i don't even know how they they gave him almost 200 million for this it's almost like a like a Jupiter ascending or something. I know they're Warner brothers property. It's like, wow, they really, I don't know. Like they, like they, I mean, first of all, this movie feels, first of all, this movie is a, is a complete delight. I was entertained throughout, uh, but it really feels like, and I think that's why everyone hated it so much is it really feels like this could have been the competing King Arthur movie that would have come out the same year as Antoine Fuqua's King Arthur, the Clive Owen King Arthur. Yeah. Like it really does feel like a Snow White and the Huntsman mirror, mirror, or what you know, insert whatever here. So is, is this one the mirror, mirror? Uh yeah, because Mirror, Mirror was better than Snow White and the Huntsman. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, sh- dude, this movie makes Snow White and the Huntsman just look even worse i mean (laughs) um uh but yeah like this feels like this feels like uh, like they had two king arthur movies going head to head in the year 2004 and um this totally would have fit right in like i i i mean that's why it's 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 surprising to me that um they they really let Guy Ritchie go all out because I feel like he has a very 
his style is very, you know, much like uh, Michael Bay or Zack Snyder. Like, they're these guys that, like, have been around and, like, they have stuck to their visions and their styles. And now, like, in the age of, you know, everybody being too cool, like, this movie is completely uncool. Like, <laughs> it is, like, it is so not, like, a movie of today, like, of this decade. Like, it is very much like an aughts. It's the aughts classic that we've been waiting for, like that we've forgotten. Like this is like this totally doesn't feel like a movie that should be coming out now. Like and I and I think that's a big reason why you know it's it's just has it well that that everybody at least critically panned it. But like it just so like there's just so much going on in this movie. It's so ridiculous and over the top and and silly um and but you know what it's it's very entertaining like if you like i said if you enjoy guy ritchie's movies um like this is this is like even more than like sherlock the sherlock holmes movies um and even the man from uncle uh which i thought was was really underrated like that and i feel like that's kind of been coming around people have been have been uh finding out you know after it's now been on video and stuff like, um, but yeah, like this, this movie just has like his name written all over it. And like, it, it is, um, it's like very, just a propulsive movie. Like it, it just moves very fast. It has a lot of that, you know, quick Guy Ritchie editing and like a lot of, all of the like kind of really boring, like expository, scenes that you would get in a movie like this are just like done in these like really insane uh montages very like quick like coked out montages set to a very like like it sounds like a a, like the score of this movie sounds like medieval jock jams like it just gets you pumped (laughs) up uh like uh daniel pemberton he did the score for this and like i was like whoa like i wasn't expecting it to be like that intense but it really like they it might be the star of this movie like it really is propelling this movie forward um and like the whole time it just sounds like there's all this like heavy breathing and like these like really like crazy like violins and shit and it sounds like it just sounds like the whole thing's building up to this like super sick riff it's got some like crazy inception brahms going on too yeah, there's like really loud like horns. Like the opening of this movie feels like a horror movie. Like when the <laughs> like when the expository crawl comes up and it's like Camelot. Like there's the the yeah, hor- for no reason. It's like from the- a place they call <laughs> Camelot. All caps, like four times larger than the rest of the font. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then like it was weird though how like when the the logos came up, like it was all like silent, completely silent. Like there's there was maybe some like really low audio coming from the background and i it was so silent that i i thought like there was a problem at first i was like should it be this way and like you know that we just cut to like this this like that temple and like it's just like the way it's set up is like and it's building to that expository crawl which comes in and those horns just blare in like so loud it's like the opening of Drag Me to Hell or something. You're like what the, <laughs> what the fuck, man? Like and then it, it you know it really just goes into this this incredibly insane uh, pre-credit sequence that <laughs> that was like, I was like, whoa, <laughs> like fucking Eric Bana is like doing the Chris O'Donnell vertical limit jump off of a bridge. <laughs> and like, he's, <laughs> he's fighting like a wizard. There's fucking elephants. I mean, you see it in the, some of it in the trailer, but like, it's nuts. And I was like, well, I hope they can sustain this. And it does like, it just doesn't let up for the rest of the movie. And I kind of laugh. I laugh because this is totally the type of movie that, like, my family and I would have gone to see on Mother's Day. Because, and I saw this movie yesterday on Mother's Day. Yeah. So I, I had I. like, yeah, yeah, and like, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't see it with my family, but like, it reminded me of a movie that we would have gone to see. Because like all, the, all the like because you hate your mother. Well, it's because it, like there never was a movie that like she was totally stoked for because there's all these like big summer movies that come out on Mother's Day. Yeah, and I remember the worst one was 
when we saw Van Helsing and she just really just hated us afterward. Wait, and, so, 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 so side note, why is like the teams that keep doing like Valentine's Day and New Year's Eve and all these movies, how have they not done a Mother's Day movie yet? Dude, they fucking did last year. Yeah, did they? <laughs> yes. What? It was Gary. It was Gary Marshall's last movie, dude, before he died. <laughs> R.I.P., dude. Like, yeah, it came out last Mother's Day. Oh well, there you go. <laughs> I feel like it's only been semi recently where there's been like comedies or movies that have catered towards like female audience, or if there were in the past, they were like r-rated or something and since me and my brother were kids like my like we didn't go to those so like it was obviously like oh we got to go see you know and i and i just laughed because in the beginning of this movie the title card comes up as king arthur's mom is getting just horribly fucking (laughs) shot with an arrow in slow motion it was like a javelin (laughs) i was like happy mother's day mom I can't believe you dragged me to this shit. Um, <laughs> nah, but um, but yeah, this just totally seems like a movie that we would go and see. But yeah, like the the opening of this movie is is really is really fantastic, and that it just keeps going and going. It's it's a it's a, it's a really fun ride. Like it's uh, I have uh, really no qualms with this movie, uh, other than. Uh, I don't know. I don't think I do have any. It's just a. It's a. It's a really entertaining <laughs> fucking movie, man. Yeah. So off, uh, off the uh, charts. Uh, so, you know, from from the first time that the trailer hit, like I was just like Guy Ritchie doing a King Arthur movie. I'm in. <laughs> like sold. Yeah. Just who else take would me to be the in? theater? Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, I've been really excited for it. And obviously, you know, I had a good. I had a good chuckle when I saw that it was like low twenties um, on Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> and stuff like that. And I was like, "All it's right, in the sweet spot." Yeah, I was like, "This is going to be my jam." <laughs> um, so I went into this movie. I went into this movie with like, like faint hopes, where it's like I wanted to have fun with it, but I knew that it was potentially going to be very, very bad because apparently everybody in the world says like, "Oh my god, it's so terrible," even though nobody I know has actually seen it. Um, and everybody sort of laughed every time. Like, they'd be like, oh, what are you guys reviewing this weekend? I was like, oh, King Arthur. And they're like, ha, 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 ha. And, like, everybody thought it was just funny that I was even going to go watch it. Um, and I did watch it. And this movie's fucking rad. <laughs> this you, see, I had a, you see, I had a uh, – Sarah asked me if, if you would like this. And I was like, yeah, I think you would like it. Like, I was like, he likes the Guy Ritchie movies. And we talked, we've talked about Sherlock Holmes and yeah, Snatch yeah. and Lockstock and all these other movies. And, and it's like, like I, I like Guy Ritchie movies. And I like these sort of like silly fantasies. Like I still never saw that movie with uh, Jeff Bridges, the like, what's the Seventh Son or whatever it was called. Oh, Seventh Son was good. Yeah. Like I, I never, I still never saw that. But I know, like I, I was the only one that wanted to see it. And I never got around to seeing it. But I, I like sort of these silly medieval kind of might and magic type of of films and i was excited to see a silly crazy medieval film but with guy Ritchie's like take and spin and style added on top of it and like this movie delivers that in so many ways like even beyond that this movie there are shots in this movie that fucking probably make Zack Snyder cry. <laughs> like, oh, so... I think Zack Snyder definitely was. Uh, he's probably a big fan of this movie. No, yeah, like, like it just he's just like, oh damn, I should have done this movie. Like, he's I can like, imagine this, this is sick, guys. <laughs> I can imagine him going like, nah, I do Batman and shit now. I'm gonna pass. I'm a hard pass on King Arthur. And then he saw this movie and was like, God damn it, why did I not make King Arthur? <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like they have very similar sensibilities. Which is why begs the question, you know, this movie over Batman v Superman. Oh yeah, what makes what makes this what makes this better in your mind than that? Because like Batman, like I mean, once again, I'm I'm I loved Man of Steel and I loved how serious it took the property, but it told a serious story, and I think that Batman v Superman started to veer into like really insane crazy balls territory but was still just 100 percent serious and this film is just having fun like the actors are having fun the characters are having fun like the designs are fun like there's just 
the insane shit that is in this movie. Like, I wish that. I wish that uh, the the World of War or the Warcraft movie I wish could have <laughs> had this style and, and oh, everything yeah. applied to it because, like, from the opening, I, I, I jo- thought the same thing too about Warcraft. I was like, shit, this puts Warcraft to shame. Yeah, like, like just just from the freaking opening, like, just, just all the crazy shit that happens in that first assault of the castle, like, just the giant elephants just like wrecking the shit out of things and like weird people like possessing things and just seeing the <laughs> the 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 fantastical elements in this like this is a movie where every single character references Merlin and you never see him. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Merlin's oh, nowhere to be. In sorry, this, there are, in there this are movie. four frames where you see him from behind. But, oh like, yeah, they, you see his arm and yeah, shit. like like they didn't hire a person to play Merlin. He's just a character who's off, and you don't know if he's still alive, if he's just like some ethereal being that like there's there's no explanation. Like he's just, Merlin's gone. Like he's not in this story, but like everybody knows him and everybody's doing what he originally like told them to set out to do but it's like this film is so fun and so stylish and like just really sort of insane like there's weird like members of the team are like weird kung fu masters <laughs> like they're just yeah kung like, fu the, george the, or whatever his name was. Yeah. the great kung fu like, master george i was like uh-oh somebody's gonna do a write-up on this shit but but like it's just it's it it has these like style balls <laughs> that just make it so incredibly fun and like uh charlie hunnam is great in it like just i i don't oh yeah he he is so like i feel like he, he probably gets a bad rap you know and like the last thing i saw him in was uh uh pacific rim i i don't watch sons of anarchy or whatever that other show is um but like i've just seen him in that i think he was great in green street hooligans um but he's great in this like he's just he plays this character perfectly and like I wouldn't think in my like if before this movie came out, I wouldn't go like if I had to ima- imagine like a King Arthur type, like somebody who ends up like leading the knights of the round and like doing all this great stuff and like defeating these bad guys. Like it has to be somebody with like some sort of different kind of charisma, right? But it's like for some reason this like base like I keep I keep referring to him as like an Aladdin type character because just like this dude who grew up in the streets and like got hard in the streets and I, just his. I don't know, something about the way it handles this was just super awesome. And then, like, once you add in, like, the actual powers of the sword and the villain, like, it just, it gets so insane. Oh, yeah, the the sword POV cam is out of control (laughs) in this movie. Like, it is just, whoa. (laughs) And I think that's the thing, too, is, like, in this world where, like, most people don't have powers, but there are mages and... Um, not everybody interacts with the mages because at one point, you know, all the swordsy people like befriended the mages or something and then something happened and that sort of uh, partnership between them split and then you have like these bad mages who have been like fighting them. It's like, so a world with guys just having swords and everybody knows of this legend of Excalibur but nobody really sort of believes it anymore and there's a sword in the stone and nobody can pick it up and blah, 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 all that kind of jazz. But like once it unleashes the idea of like oh who's this guy why would we want to follow him but like once you see that power you're like oh oh yeah clearly there's something here like j- just in in the fun and the style of this film like you get that he would suddenly become the ruler of all these people like it, it's it's it shouldn't work none of this movie should work but it does because like the sheer will will of the director like it it, it takes something that should be dumb like it it this film should be worth the 26 percent on rotten tomatoes but instead it's actually pretty rad and i had an amazingly fun time and i had no idea this thing that you say about them originally planning six films but at this point i'm at least on board for like 1.5 more of these (laughs) oh yeah it's another warner brothers property that's gonna that failed and won't get a sequel even though it should uh a man from uncle was the other one um yeah. that was set up as to be a franchise and uh although according to army hammer they are writing a sequel but i'll believe that when i see it but uh yeah like that movie is legitimately good um and i mean i think this movie is too i don't this is insane to me that it like it makes sense but it's also like really like i mean there's a way worse shit out there like come on like this is better than ghost in the shell like fuck um like way more energy and and style and coolness uh, to this movie i I think Um, think that's the sad thing is that this is a film 
that maybe maybe it doesn't deserve to succeed in our current state of movies, right? But it definitely deserves to be seen. And I think this made like 15 million this weekend, which is yeah. like horribly small. Like that's that's barely that's that's less than the budget of a Blumhouse film, right? Uh that's more, but yeah, oh, it's is about it more? yeah. Okay. Well, either way, like I feel like this. It's a pretty pretty weak opening. It opened in number. It opened in third, so it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, but it didn't have a lot to go up against, I guess. But I I just feel like so many people are going to hear about how bad this film is that they're just going to pass on it, and it's totally worth seeing. And I, and I feel too like if you liked if you liked the uh, the Sherlock Holmes films, like you should definitely see this. Yeah, <laughs> like, and. I mean, I was thinking about that the other day. Like, I don't even think that that his Sherlock Holmes movies could exist in today's movie climate. Like, I feel like they would be too silly and like because they're of that. Well, I mean, the first one did come out in the last decade, but like that. I mean, yeah. that, it's just very of that style. And I don't think that I don't know if they, if they were to come out now, at least the first one. I don't know if it would be as successful. Maybe it was. I don't know since Robert Downey Jr. is in it, but yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't seem like you know it's that that kind of style is being pushed more and more away. And now I know that um, Sarah is listening to this and has rolled her eyes and sighed heavily at the mention that Batman v Superman was too serious, which I agree. <laughs> But I can't fight this because people just have accepted that this movie is serious, even though I feel like it's just as silly as this movie. Might yeah. not have a giant fucking snake in it, but <laughs> it's still pretty fucking silly, I think. Um, but this, dude, I love. I even even that that whole scene. Like, oh well, that like that scene was hilarious. It's the amazing. That, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> well, that's it. That's just another <clears throat> scene that probably would have gone on for. 20 25 minutes in a normal movie and this movie it's like it's like a minute (laughs) it's just breezed over in like another quick montage which i thought was was really well done i mean they're basically he's basically doing what they did in in the a-team where they're showing you the plan and the execution of the plan at the same time yeah 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 which is really Um, great and there's a scene in the middle where they're not just showing you the plan and the, or they're not just showing you somebody talking about the plan and the execution of the plan. The guy is telling the thing that's not going to work and you're watching it not work. Right, right. And then they don't do that plan. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're, they're yeah, it's yeah. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean the the best was uh well, yeah, I want to go back to I mean, I agree on Charlie Hunnam. I always think he's been like an underrated actor. I mean, he's been around for a long time and I feel like he's always I don't watch Sons of Anarchy either, but every movie I've seen him in, he's been solid. Um, and I thought this year, I feel like, is a, well, maybe not to other people, but a breakout year, especially, well, since he was in uh, Lost City of Z, that got that got good acclaim and stuff. Um, but he's, that movie is awesome, and he's really great in that. And then he's, you know, in this movie too. And I think he totally, uh, you know, has a has the presence for... This character and they're you know they're kind of playing King Arthur and even all the characters, they're kind of like these sassy like jokesters like they're not like it's definitely not like they're definitely not trying to be like uh, germane to the medieval time period you know it's not like Game of Thrones where it's all very like yes we are talking like the you know like <laughs> that that way of speaking in that language like. There's yeah, yeah. literally sequences where Charlie Hunnam calls somebody honey tits and is making jokes <laughs> and is just like, I mean, it's so, like I said, and it's fine because this movie is completely absurd. Like, it doesn't exist one iota in the real world. Um, yeah, and I think that uh, that uh, his whole, like, outfit, too. Like, he fucking has just, like, slick back hair gel, you know, that you can get in... <laughs> Medieval times, apparently. Uh, he doesn't have hair gel, Carson. He just, every chance he gets, he dips his hands in a river and just <laughs> slicks his hair back. He's That's... got that super cool, like, jacket. He looks like he's, like, the lead singer of a new metal band. He, dude, he uh, looks like like a medieval Poe Dameron, man. He's just <laughs> like, I got my jacket. This is a cool jacket. I'm probably going to give it to a kid in the next movie. 
Oh man, dude, it was so awesome in the beginning when like it transitions from him as a kid to an adult and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's literally just him standing in his room, like pumping himself up, while it's like, Ugh! I was like, <laughs> because I kind of had the same, I kind of had the same thought where I was like, I was like, I'm pretty sure I'll enjoy this movie. Um, I think it looks like fun. But I wasn't going in thinking it was going to be great. Um, and then after the opening, the like opening scene, I was like, well, it's only downhill from here. And then it never, never went downhill. It just yeah, yeah. sustained this, this just mad, madcap, like gonzo quality to it. Um, there, like e- even like a, 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 a normal uh jane jane moviegoer uh as i was walking out of my theater this was like really loud this chick was like i don't know why critics hate this movie this movie is awesome <laughs> yeah like i saw that i saw that too on youtube because i was listening to the the score like and um all of the comments were like fuck the critics like this movie was great like the people that that saw it yeah and they're like i'm putting this track on my workout playlist like because it's totally a fucking pump up the pump up the jam song yeah like it feels like remember that song by the 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 aughts the wonderful aughts band lunatic calm one hit wonders <laughs> i, I don't that, know this band <laughs> but they had the song i want to uh leave you far behind or leave you far behind or something and it was on like the matrix soundtrack and it was also on the uh, soundtrack to the hit playstation game test drive six but it was like that one where it was like, I want to leave you far behind. It was like super fast. Oh, yeah. I think I know this song now. I'm sure if you heard it, you'd be like, yeah, I've heard this song. Like it yeah, was yeah. every, it was everywhere in like 99, 2000. The fucking score in this movie, there's parts of it that sound like the the beginning of that before it drops into its like like sick riff where it's like, do, 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 do. Like it sounds like that kind of like <laughs> pump up, like just new metal jam yeah, yeah. Now, now, now I'm like when you sang that part and thinking about the Matrix soundtrack, I definitely, yes. I definitely remember it. Um, and that's why I think that uh, you know, like I said, it's just so uncool uh, for today. Like, um, <laughs> just I don't know, but it's, I mean, I don't care. I, I think it's, I think it's a wonderfully enjoyable, and it looks. I mean, they they put the money on screen. It looks expensive. Like it, like no Dude, penny those, those wasted. Those effect shots, though, like that. I, I think like ninety percent of the budget is just the effects on the villains, like flame cape. <laughs> the <laughs> I liked. Uh, I liked his um, like death metal outfit that he <laughs> that he Dude, put on. It's like so rad. It's like the craziest <laughs> Diablo three villain yeah. or something. Very Diablo, yeah, two, three looking, yes. Um, and it, yeah, it was, but the um, and I, I thought that like the the CG in the movie, I thought it looked pretty good. Like for for the fact that there's these giant creatures and shit in the movie. Usually, when we get giant creatures, they all look shitty. Yeah. Um, but I think the fact that they're all like. They're all like they're they're not trying to do like the apes like look how real they, these look like they're they're going like for a very like ugly ugly d- up or down however you want to say it <laughs> um, like it's it's they're not pristine like they're very like covered in shadows and yeah there's like, like a lot so of I, shadows dust rock like smoke yeah. everywhere they like did so a they, good jo- job of hiding all the effects yeah so they're they're hiding it more and you you get. You know that that makes it blend in more. So you know, I like I like that, and the fact that you know the movie just has like a lot of shadows and texture that you don't really get a lot anymore. Like, so it just feels like a very like real movie instead of just like oh yeah, like whatever. Like they they really feel like they they took the time to design all this stuff and and like all the. All the creatures too just felt like, well, yeah, like what else should we have? And there's just people like rattling off, you know, what could be like these crazy uh, creatures in the movie and stuff. Yeah, like 
there, there's this one scene where Charlie Hunnam has to go to like the equivalent of the Dagobah swamp <laughs> to yeah. like face his fears or some shit like that. <laughs> the dark and, like, lands, the crazy creatures and like rats and snakes and like bats and bat- oh yeah, the big hawks bats, yeah. and like all sorts of stuff. <laughs> like it's just this movie's so awesome. Which is again, this movie also feels very much like uh, the Assassin's Creed movie that I enjoyed a lot. Um, that movie is obviously a little weirder, but it's on the same level of like, I don't know how they gave him the money for this. Like I, it's, and I think that hawk flying around reminded me a lot of it too, where she's looking through the eyes of the hawk and shit, like how they do in Assassin's Creed. But like, it, it, it kind of has that same feeling where it's like, this is just, it's not cool. Like it's not cool for today. So I don't know. That's, it's kind of like that. And, um, that and the Great Wall, I think, would be a good pairing. You just like totally went silent uh-oh, on my end. Uh oh, I don't know where I dropped out. Uh, don't remember, but keep going. <laughs> so, well, I guess I, I was talking about Assassin's Creed and how like they're pretty much they're they're kind of similar. Assassin's Creed is a little weirder, but um, they're on the same level of like I can't believe they gave them money to to make this a lot of money. Yeah. Um, and also, I feel like in terms of silliness and and sheer entertainment, like this King Arthur and the Great Wall would be a a good combo. Gotcha. Yeah. But um, yeah, like it's a it's there was something else that I was gonna say, and I, and I don't and now I don't remember, but uh, yeah. Oh, I liked. I thought Jude Law was good as the the villain. Like he, he, uh, <laughs> he spends like the last part of this movie just covered in blood and with crazy eyes. It was a, <laughs> he it was does, a good like, good look. He, he is just a sinister bastard, though. Like he is so. Um, he, he did like an amazing job of selling the lust for power in this film. Like usually it's just like yeah. I want power. I'm the bad guy, but he like. His character, like the way I mean, it's the way it's written. It's not all him, but I mean, he was great at 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 bringing the 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 material to to life. But just the idea that this is like a person who literally doesn't want the things, he, the riches, and everything he can get from the power. He wants to feel the feeling of seeing people fear him, and it's like it's it's not even about like ruling a kingdom. It's simply about making people scared of him and how that get he gets off on that, and like he. Yeah. He sold it so well, and uh, yeah, he's he's uh, crazy. Yeah, and like uh, the <laughs> even like in the very beginning when you see, like when you first see him, he just he just has this look where you're just like, this guy sucks, you know, this <laughs> character. Like, and all of his outfits are just like very you know over the top, but he doesn't play it over the top. It's you know. Um, but yeah, it, it, it worked really well. Um, also the, the thing I remembered was that I don't think Jaiman Hanzu has aged a day since Amistad. <laughs> Wait, is, is that the, the leader of the group before Hanum joins him? Uh, yeah, he's like the main dude, like the, who was in the, the guy who's like, I'm not taking him to the Darklands. And then it cuts to them on the boat and he's like, this is the Darklands. <laughs> he's in like having like all of the supporting players have been in movies like this. And it's kind of just like a, a cast of who's who of people who have been in like fantasy epics or historical epics kind of like this. Yeah, he, he does. He does look exactly the same age as he did, like way back in Gladiator. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, but yeah, that's um, it's just a fun time. Like I, I think that people, like I think if you were to recommend it to people, they they would enjoy it. I I would hope that like maybe the word of mouth would keep it around. I mean, I don't think it's gonna. It's not gonna just turn into like a mega success over the weekend but or the next couple weekends but you know maybe it'll find find its audience on on uh 
home video or whatever with rentals and shit. Because I feel like that's what happened with Man From U.N.C.L.E. too. Um, people found it later on. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. Cool. Well, uh, should we get to verdicts for this film? Alrighty. All right, Carson, if you're going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? Uh, I would definitely give it a must-see. Like, this is... <laughs> um, if you, I mean, this is everything you'd want from a, a summer movie. Uh, 100%. Uh, it, it, has a, it has a director who doesn't compromise his style or vision uh, at all. Like, uh, you know... People, I feel like, in the same way that uh, uh, that they do with Michael Bay, which was like his first two movies, they were like, awesome. And then after that, it was like, okay, now what you got? And like, he didn't change it up. <laughs> and it was like, and then from then on out, it's like, fuck Michael Bay. And then I feel like Guy Ritchie kind of went the same course. It was like Lock, Stock, and Snatch. And then it was like, well, what else you got? And then people didn't like... Uh, revolver and rock and rolla but i thought those were entertaining too like i mean it's like but it's like what would you want for like what like when you hear guy Ritchie is behind a movie like i don't want like a different take on it like i want the guy Ritchie take like yeah but i i i felt like i mean personally i felt like rock and rolla and revolver felt like somebody trying to do a guy Ritchie movie i felt like that they they still had you know his, his signature touch i mean um, but it, it's that same kind of thing though, where it's like, I don't know what people were expecting. It's kind of like the, the same thing that people said about painting gain, where it's like, they all, all of a sudden thought Michael Bay was going to do like a drama or something. And it's like, like, what did you expect? Like, of course, like you'd want Michael Bay to, to make this crazy rollicking movie. Uh, I don't know. Like I just, but, but, but I think, I think too, with like pain and gain, it was like, what if all of the worst things about Michael Bay were actually strengths? And that's what yeah. Pain and Gain is. Like, Pain and Gain surprised me. Like, I was like, holy shit, this movie is so awesome. Yeah, but I feel like there were still some people who thought that it was going to be different. Like, it wasn't going to be, like, his same style. Yeah. Which is weird to me. Like, and it's the same, again, it's the same thing with, like, Terrence Malick. People thought Song to Song, like, he was going to all of a sudden make a you know normal movie or something it's like no like i mean what do you I, I don't just don't know what people expect sometimes when they go see someone who has like a very clear vision if, if you and, saw the trailer for that and thought it was going to be a normal movie you didn't see the trailer for that no i know but i mean i just see it all the time like in these reviews and like especially if if it's from a filmmaker that you know you like and and that has the style that that sets it apart from other movies like i wouldn't want them to to compromise it so anyway that's just kind of a long-winded way of saying that like guy Ritchie didn't compromise he never has and like i don't think he should like i don't think he cares either but i mean it's just weird to me when people do that when they say that they're like oh it's just you know i don't know what did they expect i have yeah. no idea uh, well, for my verdict, um, I would probably normally put this at a recommend of the caveat, but I think I'm going to reverse caveat it and just move this up to a must-see because I feel like if I can get one person who wasn't going to see this movie to see this movie, it'll be worth it. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to elevate this to a must-see just because this movie is crazy and fun and awesome, and I think that... Uh, the Guy Ritchie and the team need to be rewarded for having made this in the first place. Oh, yeah. Like, I wish I wish there was a sequel. Like, I feel like this movie doesn't fall into the trappings of, like, an origin movie where you're like, oh, like, I've seen this before. Or it's just kind of going through the motions. I mean, it is going through the motions, but in a very – in the Guy Ritchie way. So you're not – it feels fresh. It doesn't feel boring. Yeah, like um, if 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 you didn't see if 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 Charlie Hunnam wasn't building a giant round table at the end of this film, <laughs> there would be no allusion to any other story. Period. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And I think the average person 
who isn't familiar with anything related to King Arthur would just think it was a funny gag that like the rest of the crew couldn't figure out why he was building this big giant platform. Yeah. But I mean, like I, you know, I legitimately thought like, yes, I'll totally watch another one. Like, uh, you know, it's just unfortunate that, you know, it didn't do as well. So, yep. Oh, well, what are you going to do? All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Carson, people can't find you, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Where can people find you throughout the week if they want to get a hold of you? Uh, in the swamps of the Darklands <laughs> where no one can find me. Uh, if people want to find <laughs> me, they can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or you can like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to king arthur legend of the sword so hopefully you are enjoying that um are we doing alien covenant next week i hope so yeah <laughs> um well sounds like that's what we're doing so hopefully you guys i mean i, I don't ex- i don't expect you to watch diary of a wimpy kid the long haul <laughs> well i haven't seen any, any of the other diaries of the wimpy kid <laughs> so <laughs> why would un- i start now carson i've unfortunately seen two of them <laughs> we, two of the three uh this this weekend steven and i went and saw uh at alamo drink house we saw et um and before et i just had to drop the establishment and that we saw an old film um just just for your sake carson because i know you love it but the main point of the story was that uh there was a trailer for uh whatever that new animated movie mr super pants or captain underpants or whatever the, oh the yeah captain called. underpants yeah yeah so like the trailer started i'm like what the fuck am i looking at and like steven leaned to me and he's like dude i bet this is captain underpants or whatever and I'm like okay and then like four seconds later somebody was like and then Captain Underpants and then I was like uh I think this was way after my time oh yeah well I don't know because I remember reading I don't know when those came out but I I read like the first couple books of those yeah <laughs> and I no. was I might have been too old or considered out of the demo but I thought they were funny yeah I don't I don't know the movie's probably just gonna be silly but yeah yeah i assume so but anyways that's that that was a long tangent just to say that uh i don't know <laughs> that we won't be reviewing captain Underpants. oh yeah yeah that, that's it that, no that we, that we won't be reviewing diary of wimpy kid uh, but yes uh, a- alien covenant we're gonna check that shit out so hopefully you're enjoying that i know carson is excited for it xenomorphs on smashing their heads into the top of a ship um dude i'm so ready danny mcbride is fighting aliens Yep. I'm so down. Cool. Well, uh, thank you for joining me, Carson. You're welcome. And thank you guys all for listening. We will see you next time. Bye.